What is it going to take to defeat Donald Trump in 2020? I mean, to get him out of the White House. I've almost given up on the idea that somehow we could unseat him before then. Like people are going to come to their senses and they're going to know how ill-suited, how unfit, how divisive and dangerous this man is and that there's just no way as a country we are going to continue moving in this direction that somehow some way we're going to get it together and congress is just going to impeach this person i'm almost done with that fantasy not quite but i'm almost done with it and i'm getting on with the realism that we have got to vote this man out of office But how is the question? We've got 20 people who have entered the race to be the Democratic nominee to represent this party, to take it to Donald Trump, unseat him, and lead this country in a more positive direction. And when I go online and I listen to people and I'm engaging with individuals, you know, I can see this desperation within the Democratic Party because we want this so badly. And it's not just a win, just to win. It is a win to survive. It is a win to stay who we are intrinsically as a nation. So we are talking about something so fundamental to who we are, to this country's survival. And we cannot do that if we do not take the presidency back in 2020. I really do believe that. I really believe it is that dire. I've been a Democrat all of my life. I don't think I drink the Kool-Aid, but I am proud to be a Democrat. This is the party of diversity. It is the party of the big tent where you have people from various backgrounds, different ethnicities, different um, cultures and different faiths. And we are a group, a collective of individuals. And that's the thing that is just like, we're starting to lose that because we're afraid. And rightfully so. I mean, fear is, it can be debilitating. It can be something that people use to manipulate, like what's going on with Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And all of this racism and xenophobic and, and immigration fears that are stoking and fanning the flames that are leading to some really ugly policies and some inhumane practices. So it could be that kind of fear. But I'm talking about another kind of fear. 
another kind of fear that can galvanize you, that can wake you up, that can create a level of urgency and awareness that says that we have to get unstuck. We have to coalesce. We have to gather and unify. But what I'm seeing is this almost desperation. And I don't want our fear to be turned into desperation because I'm seeing this thing online, like there's this resistance, right? This group of people who have dedicated themselves to make sure that Donald Trump is defeated. They are going to resist. They stay vigilant. They get the information out there. They're always um, providing checks and balances. And I love it. But at the same time, we cannot lose what makes the Democrats Democrats. And that's our individuality. And I see that the resistance is almost trying to encourage this, this like sheep-like thinking, which is so anathema to who we are. That's what makes us Democrats is that we think for ourselves, we have different ideas, and we talk them out, and we engage. And that's getting lost because of our desperation to unseat Donald Trump. And a good example of this is you get celebrities and you get people who are just well known in the resistance and you get everyday, you know, supporters and they want you to commit to not saying anything negative, right? About any of the candidates who are um stepping up to run on the Democratic ticket. Now right now we have 20 people. And if I think Kamala Harris needs to be checked, if I think Joe Biden needs to be checked, if I think Beto O'Rourke is not moving me, I'm going to speak to it. And I am not going to take a blood oath. I am not going to take a pledge to not speak critically of these individuals and their records and what I see. And I don't want anyone else to hold back because that's how we get the information. That's how we can make choices. That's how we can discern. That's how we can actually do what Democrats do so well. And that is hold people accountable for the bullshit that they say and the records that they have and the rhetoric that they spew. And so the latest person who has thrown their hat in the ring for the Democratic ticket is Joe Biden. And that is a person that I have a lot of issues with. Because 1981, 1982, Anita Hill joins Clarence Thomas and she works for him. And in 1991, you get these hearings and it's Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas, um, Senate Judiciary hearings where he's up for a spot on the Supreme Court. And we know the story. He is Justice Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court, but Joe Biden has never answered for the way he chaired that committee, the way he talked to Anita Hill and what he subjected her to. And more recently, Christine Blasey Ford in the Justice Kavanaugh hearings, chaired by Chuck Grassley of Iowa, 
it's like deja vu all over again. And Joe Biden may be the best chance that the Democrats have for for defeating Donald Trump. I'm not sure of that. You know, he's been around forever. He's 76 years old. He has rubbed elbows with a lot of people. He's done a lot of good work since those hearings. He's made a lot of strides. And he, you can even say he's redeemed himself to a certain degree. But it's very curious that he only reaches out to Anita Hill when he's about to declare himself. And she's not satisfied with his apology. And if she's not satisfied with his apology, I'm not satisfied with his apology. And I have since seen him on talk shows and being interviewed and he's flippant and blasé in one instance. And then he's, you know, lamentable and he's uh, apologetic in another way. But it just, it's not striking the right chord. And... I think he needs to be questioned on that. You know, in 1982, Christina Blasey Ford says that she was sexually assaulted by a young um, Brett Kavanaugh. And then in 1981, 1982, you got Anita Hill saying that at that time she was sexually um, harassed by... Clarence Thomas. And both of these women have been raked over the coals and treated with such disrespect by men in power who need to answer to what they do and how they do it. And so moving forward to 2020, I want our party to be better than that. I want us to reach out. I want us to take what women say seriously, and I want us to translate that into policies that uplift not just women, but people, right? Through good, constructive, um, inclusive policies that say that you are being seen, that you are being heard, and that what matters to you matters to our politicians. So... Yeah, we as Democrats, we got to do something else other than what we've done. And that means that we've got to challenge our elected officials. And we can't take these lockstep oaths to say no matter what, we can't question, we can't challenge, we can't hold accountable. No, that's not the Democratic way. And we can still get to a win. I believe that. 